And welcome to February. February is a, is a great month. Hallelujah. February is a month that we deal with relationships. We deal with life. We deal with, you see, it's easy to love God because you can't see God. Isn't it? But when you have to deal with day-to-day people, you have to deal with relationships, husbands, wives, and friends, people that you are intending to get married with. It's difficult, isn't it? Because people are not... Somebody said once that I'd rather you gave me paper to work with. I don't like working with people because people are complex. Hallelujah. The person said, I'd rather work with, give me paper, give me boxes, give me crates. I'll deal with them. But as for human beings, please, I don't want to work with them. Amen. Luke chapter 14, we're going to read from verse number 28 to 33. Luke chapter 14, verse 28 to 33. Bible says that, this is Jesus speaking. Which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it. Lest when, after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him. Saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king going to make war against another king does not first sit down and consider whether he's able with 10,000 to meet him who has to come again, who comes against him with 20,000. Or else, whilst he, the others is still a great way off, he sends delegation and asks condition of peace. Amen. Likewise, whoever of you or whosoever of you does not, does not forsake all that he has cannot be my disciple. Amen. Bible is saying, Jesus is speaking, and Jesus was saying something that, listen, which one of you, intending to build a house, does not first sit down and take account to realize whether he has enough to finish it? It is not how you start that is important, but it's how you finish. Am I talking to somebody? A lot of us, we, we are people of aesthetics. We like aesthetics. We like show. Show is more important than the real substance. So we live our lives to show people. We live our lives for show. We, you know, you, you, today I was watching something that was very interesting. It's not part of my message, but I'll share it with you. You know, the top, the top 10 billionaires of this world and their favorite cars, I was very surprised. Just today, um, the guy, the Amazon guy, he's number one. Bezos, isn't it? He has 140 billion. And his favorite car is, uh, I think his was Honda Accord. The second one was um, this guy, the the. No, no, not South African. It's uh, the computer guy. Bill Gates. And Bill Gates like um, Ford. Ford, uh, there's, a, there's a name, Ford something. This ordinary car. I mean, none of their cars was worth more than $25,000. And these are billionaires. Then the third was um, the, that, the young guy, the Facebook guy. And his, I think his was, his was also a Ford, this American type of Ford, the small Ford. Then there was the tent, I think the tent was a lady. The tent drove a Ford, um, it's like a, a twin cup Ford. And he says that that is what his, her father drove. So that's what he, she wants to drive. And these are all billionaires. I was just watching and I was amazed that the top rich people Cars are not the thing that they focus on. They are not interested in aesthetics. But those who don't have money are the ones who are interested in aesthetics. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? 
Because we have been commercialized so much that we, all we, we are interested in is what will make people think, look at us in a certain way. Are you with me? And when we come to relationships, when we come to marriage, when we come to our lives, we like to show. For instance, you don't have the money to, the food to eat, but you make the biggest and the grandest and the most expensive wedding. And after that, you go and eat noodles. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? You know, today, I, I want us to look at a subject I, I entitled uh, Spiritual Preparation for Marriage. It's in my book, Before You Jump. So I'm preaching from my book, Chapter 7. Spiritual Preparation Before You Go Into Marriage. Amen. How many know that preparation is not a, ni a nice thing? Nobody likes to prepare because preparation is difficult and it's boring. You know the athletes, you know, like, uh, what's their name? All these, uh, what's the Jamaican guy called again? Usain Bolt and all those people. You know, it's like every child wants to be Usain Bolt. And what they, 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 they want to be is the one in the Olympic game that makes the sign and it's always going, you know, and it's like for show, and it's showing off and everything. Then you come and stand at the track, and it's like, you know, uh, he's ready, and he'll be playing with the people who are coming to change, uh, do change their clothes and hold their basket, and then he is like a joke. Then when on your mask gets said, and then he takes off, and he's far ahead of everybody else. And when he crosses the line, the, the show he does, that is what children and people are, who are not very deep are interested in. But they don't realize the early mornings he has to wake up, the food that he has to forego, the, the hard work that he does. You know, when his friends are eating cake and things which he likes, he can't eat them. He, 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 they tie a metal behind his back with a rope and they make him run. And he has to run 10 seconds with the metal, you know, like a heavy thing tied onto his waist behind him. Sometimes they put a tie, car, you know, the car tie, the heavy one. They put it behind him and he has to run fast with the tie tied behind him. That is what is called preparation. Hallelujah. And preparation is a difficult thing. But in this scripture that we've just read, Jesus was telling us that which one of you intending to build a house does not first sit down and prepare. Otherwise, he will start building and somewhere along the line, he will realize that he hasn't got enough and he's not able to finish. And then he becomes a laughing stock. You know, it is better not to marry than to marry and in the middle fall down. Or else, if you want to marry, then take time to prepare. Am I talking to somebody? You know, some of this is when we, are, when we preach about this time or some of these things. A lot of people think that it's not very spiritual. But I tell you, it doesn't matter how spiritual you are. If you marry a Jezebel, your spirituality comes to a halt. <laughs> Am I talking to somebody? If you marry the wrong person, I don't care how spiritual you are. You can easily end up killing and going to jail. Have you not heard of pastors and preachers who have ended up in jail because they killed their spouse? Their spouses. You've never heard of it before. Last year in America, a, 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 a prophet shot his wife, his wife, Paul, and went to jail. The church got finished in one day. And just because they did not take time to prepare. I was listening, I was listening to an interview. The guy married a lady in six months of knowing her. What preparation went into six months? Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? What preparation? You tell me, what preparation do you think would have gone into a six-month relationship? I'm not saying that when you marry somebody within six months, it means that it won't work. No, that's not what I'm saying. But I'm talking about quality preparation. Because, you see, there's a saying that if you fail to prepare, you prepare to fail. Have you heard that saying before? If you fail to prepare, you are preparing to fail. Preparation is everything. Hallelujah. 
So Jesus is asking a question, which one of you intending to build a, a tower does not sit down and take account whether he has enough less after he has started a foundation he's not able to finish. Amen. Somebody was asking, but this scripture does not relate to marriage. So why do you talk about it? The man is building a house and we are talking about marriage. So how does the two relate? Come with me to uh, Proverbs 14. Proverbs 14, verse 1. Proverbs 14, verse 1 says, there's a scripture there I want you to look at. It says that the wise woman builds her house, but the foolish woman pulls it down with her hands. I don't want you to uh, look at the gender. Replace the gender with a wise person. A wise man builds his house. A foolish man pulls his house down. Amen. A wise woman builds her house. A foolish woman pulls it down. Amen. So you see, building a marriage, building a relationship, building a home, building a house, all has to do with knowledge and understanding, wisdom. Proverbs 24.3. Proverbs 24.3. Through wisdom... Is a house built, and by understanding, is it established? Go on. By knowledge, the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. Go on. A wise man is strong. Yes, a man of knowledge increases what? Strength. Go on. For by wise counsel, somebody say by wise counsel. By wise counsel, you will wage your own war. And in the multitude of counselors, there is what? Safety. Hallelujah. So let's review what we've just read. Through wisdom is a house built. And by understanding, is it filled with pleasant, is established, and is filled with, by knowledge, is filled with pleasant things. Are you getting it? Now, when you see somebody whose marriage is very nice, they have been married for years, and their marriage is very nice. When you see a man who has a very nice house, when you see somebody who has a, some nice things, don't be envious, don't be jealous. Go behind the scenes and see how much work is going into the marriage. See how much work is going into the house. See how much work is going into that establishment. You know, please, if you are already married, don't switch off. Because what we are talking about also affects you. Because you can turn your marriage around. Amen. You can turn your marriage around by the lessons that we are learning. And don't only stop at marriage. This lesson can also affect your, your business. It can affect you building. It can affect any of your spirituality. Everything can be equated to preparation. Amen. And preparation has two parts. Come with me to uh, Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11. 7. Hebrews 11, 7. The second thing I want you to understand, that it takes faith to prepare. If you want to prepare well, you must be a man or a woman of faith. By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of the things not yet seen, moved with godly fear. Amen. Go on, next verse. Prepared an ark for the saving of his house by which he condemned the world and became heir of the, of the righteousness which is according to faith. Amen. Bible is saying that by faith, when God warned Noah about the impending danger, Noah built an ark about seven stories can you imagine a seven-story building of a boat in the dry ground where there's no water? How many of you would think that this man is mad? Yeah. It, it sounded foolish to everybody around it, but the Bible said, for by the same token of his, his much preparation of what God had warned him, forewarned him, he condemned the world. What he's saying is that if you prepare at a young age, you are only 16. 
What has a 16-year-old got to do with marriage? To the world, it sounds foolish. Do you understand what I'm saying? What has a teenager got to do with preparation for marriage? What has a, a, a young man, a young woman got to do with preparation? Listen, somebody said to me once that, listen, marriage is just, you know, two adults. They understand each other. They love each other. They move in or they marry and then that's it. What is all this business about? Spending time praying, spending time researching and everything. It's not necessary. But by the which he condemned the world. That is the reason why divorce has increased. Even in the church. Because preparation now is not something we, we dwell on. You know, when I was getting married, it was mandatory that you do uh, marriage counseling for minimum six months. These days, if you tell anybody that go for marriage counseling for six months, they will either leave the church. People have left this church because of marriage. Because we told them to do counseling. People have left this church. As I speak to you, they have left this church because we wanted them to do marriage counseling. And to them, it was just nonsense. It was, we, we the pastors, were trying to waste their time. Yeah, the pastor doesn't like me. Somebody say, the, the thing that you are doing with your wife, that's what I'm doing with this girl. So why are you trying to waste our time? Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? So preparation is very important. You want to start a business, don't rush and put, uh, what do you call it, a signpost in the door, in, in, or, or you go and do, uh, what do you call it, uh, a logo and you do uh, those things and put on Instagram, and put on Facebook, it's like you have started a company. No, you don't start companies like that. What due diligence have you made? How many trial rounds have you done? I remember somebody like I wanted to be a pastor. I said, listen, I'll train you. Sit down, let me train you. At the point he came, say, I'm wasting his time. I don't want to appoint him as a pastor. He's in a hurry. So he left and went a few doors away. The next day he was made a pastor. A few months later, he took a few people from that church and went to start his church. Because we are in a hurry. We are all in a hurry. In this day of Insta, 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 T, Insta, Instagram, uh, what do you call it? Microwave. We want everything, ping, then it's ready to eat. Yeah. Oven, what do you call it? Microwave food. You take it from the packet, it's, it's frozen. You put it in the microwave, three, three minutes, two seconds, it's ready. Ding, it's ready, you're eating. No. No. That is not what real marriage is about. Am I talking to somebody? It takes faith. Somebody say it takes faith. It takes wisdom. Somebody say it takes wisdom. Through wisdom is it prepared. The Bible says a wise man is strong. Yes, a man of knowledge increases strength. Why is the man strong? The man is strong because the man has prepared. He has gained wisdom. He has gained understanding. You know, Jesus, uh, Paul said something. Dwell with them according to knowledge, according to wisdom. Seeing that they are the weaker verses. Amen. So you've got to understand. You've got to understand. You've got to have some, some preparation. Someone say preparation. Amen. Develop wisdom or developing wisdom, that takes time to build your marital home. Even if you are married, it is not too late to relearn some of the things that we are talking about so that your marriage can become better from here on in. Hallelujah. Come to Ecclesiastes chapter 10, 15, verse 15 with me. Ecclesiastes 10, 15. Bible says that the labor of fools wearies them, for they do not even know how to go to the city. A foolish person's marriage is worrisome. Am I talking to somebody? Listen, can I tell you a secret? Can I tell you a secret? There is no stress on a man as hard as a stress from marriage in life. Can I say that again? 
There is no harder stress in life. I don't care how much stress you have at work. I don't care how much stress you have as outside. But there's no much stress, uh, stress as harsh in life that can kill you that the marriage from your, that the stress you, you gain from marriage. Hallelujah. Because it is like a boxer. Going to boxing, you box three minutes, you come and sit down for 60 seconds. Then you go and, no, it's one and a half minutes. Then you go and box for another three minutes. Then you come and sit down for one and a half minutes. Every boxer is looking for the bell to go so that they can have one and a half minutes to sit down and rethink, re-strategize, and catch their breath. But can you imagine when they go to the corner to sit down, then the, the corner man who is supposed to be fanning him and putting water on him and massaging the blows that are, begins to fight with him in the corner. Can you imagine how difficult and how stressful that will be? <laughs> Am I talking to somebody? There are some people when they finish work, when they finish work, they don't want to go home. They would rather stay at work and do extra shifts than go home. Because the stress at home is worse. They want their wife to go to bed or the husband to go to bed before they come home. When you come home and you see the person asleep, you say, hey, trouble is asleep. <laughs> then you look at, you look how peaceful they are sleeping. And you say, something says, I should take some heavy thing and hit them as they are sleeping. <laughs> look at this witch or look at this wizard sleeping here turn the fire you as you are sleeping <laughs> hallelujah somebody said the prayer warriors are praying this year something will happen my husband will die this year I have engaged some prayer warriors to pray Father, kill him and hide his evidence. <laughs> Let the police not find any evidence of how he died. Hallelujah. The labor of a fool worries him. If you marry the wrong person, you can cut your life short. Am I talking to somebody? If you, you see, in the book, I say something that I remember what my mother told me years ago. I was young. I think I was about Palmer's age. And my mother told me that if you have any opportunity to go to the cemetery to interview the dead people, 100 dead people, take your microphone and go and your camera, go and interview 100 dead people you will realize that out of the 100, 70 of them died before their time. And out of the 70, about 90% of them died because of the opposite spouse, opposite sex. So out of the 70% who died before their time, if you go and ask them and interview them, about 90% of them died because of the opposite sex. Either because they stole, they went to sleep with somebody's husband or somebody's wife or their own husband poisoned them or their own wife poisoned them or some distress, you know, made them develop heart condition and, you know, they died. Hallelujah. Am, am I talking to somebody? Yeah. So don't take it for, don't take it lightly and don't take it uh, Surface value. Take time and labor correctly. Because a wise man labors, you see, is not working hard, but working smart. A wise person works smart, and they enjoy the fruit of their labor. But a foolish man's labor worries them and makes them tired. Woe to you. Somebody say, woe to you. Verse 16. Woe to you, old land, when your king is a child. Verse 16. Woe to you, Olan, when your, your, your king is a child and your princes feast in the morning. 
I want to get my, I want to get my, I'm Benny, I'm Benny, I want to get my real child. <laughs> I want to get married because I, I feel like having sex. That is a child. You want to eat in the morning. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, am I talking to somebody? What to you? Oh, and when your king is a child and your princess feast in the morning. You are, you know, I've, I've, I've always said this. Sometimes, at, at this stage of my life, marriage counseling is not interesting for me. You know why? Because half of the time, I've done a lot of marriage counseling. I've, done, I've been a pastor over 20 years, and I can tell you, I've done a lot of marriage counseling. And just majority of the time, when you're doing marriage counseling, the man is just, oh, when can I have sex? Can we skip this part so we can go to, you know, the honeymoon side? Then the woman is also, I will, wear, I will look the cutest, you know, I, I, my, my hair, how I'm going to make my, do my makeup. And so the, the woman is thinking of the wedding day. The man is thinking of the honeymoon. And none of them are listening to what you are saying. When they finish and they go after two, a year or two, 18 months, nine months, they come to sit in front of me asking, fighting about the same thing I talked about only a few months ago. That's why I don't bother. <laughs> so I, I took my time. I sat down and I wrote the book. So you read the book. That's your marriage counseling. Don't come and waste my time. Hallelujah. He said, blessed is the man, verse 17, blessed are you, O land, when your king is a son of a noble. And your princes feast at the proper time for strength and not for drunkenness. All my friends are getting married. All my friends are married, so I have to marry. I don't want to be the odd one out. I don't want to be the single one when everybody's getting married. When and it happens in a church, a church like ours. You see the choir, they start getting married. One goes, then another comes, then another goes. Then you see those who are not yet married become agitated. And they start looking in the, in the congregation. Uh, then they smile and see whether a brother will smile back. Okay, you, you, you make for a good husband. Come, come, let's get married. <laughs> yeah. I've seen, I've seen Christian sisters who start going to a brother's house to go and cook. When they go, they take slippers. They take change of clothes. Say, oh, brother, I'm coming to cook for you. Then they change and cook. And then when they finish, they leave their... They change back to the clothes they came in and they leave the cooking food uh, closed down. Then they'll come again the next week with another change. They are moving gradually, but you don't realize. <laughs> yeah, because they are in a hurry. They are in a hurry because every, every one of their friends is getting married. So they too, they have to get married. So by fire, by force. Hallelujah. But be a son of the nobles who eat at the proper time. Not for, for strength and not for drunkenness. Because of laziness, the building decays. And through idle hands, the house leaks. Some people are already married, but they are lazy about their marriage. Their marriage is crumbling on top of their heads. And they haven't had the opportunity or the time or the wisdom to sit down and Hey, I need to sit up. I need to start doing some things. So the marriage, they will be sitting and become spectators in their own marriage until the marriage crumbles in front of them. Never be a spectator in your marriage. Am I talking to somebody? Never ever be a spectator. Do you know what it means to be a spectator? You, you are there. You are just watching. <laughs> Somebody asked for me, I'm in the GoPro. When they play the ball, then I catch it. <laughs> <laughs> or, or whatever will happen, whatever will happen, will happen. No, don't be a spectator. Be the actual player of the game. Change some things. If some things are not working, change it. All of a sudden, your, your wife has become very nasty, doesn't talk. You know, it's when you ask one question, they give you 10, you know, like those short, sharp answers. Hey, my wife has changed. No. 
there is something that is bothering her. That's making her behave that way. Instead of putting the blame on her, take charge of it and change it. Are you with me? Yeah. Don't be a spectator. We are talking about spiritual preparation. See, when you prepare spiritually before you marry, you guarantee that your marriage will last long. There's a scripture in John chapter 10, verse 10. The Bible says, The thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I'm come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. The thief is just there to steal. What he cannot steal, he will try to destroy. What he cannot destroy, he will kill. Amen. Am I talking to somebody? That's his job. And you see, when you are going to marry somebody, you are marrying the person plus all their demons. Hello? How many know that? How many know that in every house there are some demons? There are familiar, family demons. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. So when you marry the person, you have married the person plus their demons. How many know a, a lady called Jezebel in the Bible? Now, Jezebel was a heathen princess that came to marry, I think from Moab, that came to marry King Ahab, who was a king of Judah. Was Ahab king of Judah or Israel? I think one of Israel. And when Jezebel came, she came with her 400 prophets of Baal. When God had said that I am the Lord God, you shall not worship any other God apart from me. By virtue of marriage, Ahab introduced 400 Baal worshippers and prophets into Israel. Are you getting it? Yeah. Because when you marry, you don't just marry one person. You marry the person and their ancestors and their family members. There's a marriage when you go there, you see the sister is living in the house. The sister of the wife is living in the house. The sister's brother is also living in the house. The sister's mother has also come to live in the house. (laughs) They are all there. Just because you married one person. And some of them, they're not physical sisters and brothers and aunties, but they are spiritual brothers, cousins and aunties who have also come to live in the house. So you don't just get up and go and marry because she's fine or he's fine. You've got to check the spirit behind the home that they See, in the olden days, when you find a woman or you find a man, you, you, you tell your parents and they do background check. And part of the background check is they check their spirituality. They check the, the sicknesses in them, if they have madness in the, in the home. What they are checking is a spiritual, they are checking the spiritual temperature of the home the person is coming from. Because you are going to be yoked with the person. Are you getting it? So you don't take it lightly. Are you strong enough to fight the demons of the house you are going to marry? Do you have the spiritual cap- capacity to deal with all those demons? If you, know, if you don't, then begin to do some press-ups. <laughs> begin to <laughs> gain some muscles and some strength before you go and marry. <laughs> I'm not talking about physical press-ups. I'm talking about spiritual press-ups. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. Am I talking to somebody? Are, are, you, are you learning? Don't be in a hurry to marry. Marry at the right time. See, sometimes we, we come under so much pressure. You know, oh, people, you are growing, get married. Yeah, then, then people start to pass funny comments and everything. And you feel that if you have to marry. So you, you, you try and jump some of these steps. And that's what lands us in difficulty. Amen. Study. Somebody say Study. Part of spiritual preparation is studying. Learn 
learn to read every, every good book about marriage. Yeah. Learn to read every good book you can get about marriage. Before you even think about going out with anybody. I think this, this is a good book. Even before you think about getting a boyfriend or girlfriend, read this book. <laughs> because there are some chapters in that will help you. Amen. All right, so let's look at five, five um, ways, spiritual ways to prepare for marriage. Five. five I, I list five in this book. The first one is that submit your desire to God. Submit your desire to God. And if you are already married and you want a better marriage with your wife, number one, submit that better marriage desire to God. Amen. In Psalm 37 verse 4 and 5, the Bible says that delight yourself in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your ways to the Lord Trust in him, and he shall bring it to pass. It is only natural for a single person to be of a marriageable age to have specific desires about the one who they want or they intend to marry. Perhaps you are looking for someone who is tall and fair. Maybe your parents want you to marry someone who has from a, a similar family background as you. Maybe they want you to marry somebody from the same uh, part of the world you come from. You know, whatever it is, all those desires are good. You might have, you know, in your mind, I want to marry somebody who has a profession. Somebody also said that I want somebody who is a very spiritually powerful person. <laughs> Hallelujah. But ask yourself, are you powerful yourself? Because if the person is a spiritually powerful person, you are not a spiritually powerful person. How would the marriage work? The person can pray five all nights in a row. You two you can't even pray for five minutes. But you, you are fascinated by spiritually powerful people. So ask for me, Pastor, I want a spiritually powerful man to mar- of God to marry. Okay. <laughs> Have you prepared for it? Sometimes you say, the honey, so how does it work? They start quoting scripture. You may not enjoy the marriage. <laughs> Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? Yeah. But the Bible says, God will give you the desires of your heart when you delight yourself in him. What that scripture means is that the more you delight yourself in God, the more God shapes your desire. Amen. As you delight yourself in God, he shapes your desire. There are some desires that it will lead you to the wrong man or the wrong woman. Isn't it? There are some ladies who like very flashy and very fast type of guys. But they themselves, they are not fast. <laughs> do, you, do you know that type of it's like ask for me I like bad boys I said pastor ask for me I like bad boys I like those who you know look like they are really cool don't worry you are square so the cool guy that is coming he's coming with three or four side chicks <laughs> yeah have you prepared for that so you need God to change that desire otherwise you marry the wrong person Am I talking to somebody? Yeah. So when you delight yourself in the, in the Lord, he changes your desire and he gives you something that you de- you will be better for you. Yeah. Am I allowed to use my marriage and use myself as an example? Am I? Hey. Yeah. Alfred, I won't talk if I were you because you and I, we're already in trouble. So we don't think care another. <laughs> Me and Alfred, we are in the doghouse. <laughs> yeah. The way I knew that the person I intended to marry was the right person was that she was the opposite of everything I wanted. 
I wanted a tall girl, you know, like a tall, same height. <laughs> well, it's like, okay, this one can, this is not my choice, this is God's choice. Because I also learned that I had to ask God. And the thing that I asked God for was the one God gave me, not the one I wanted. That is why I'm saying that when you delight yourself in the, in, in the Lord, he gives you the desire of your heart. So some things God will change so that you marry the right person instead of your dream man or your dream, you know. Pastor, that's what I like the broad chest. The, the one who has a V, you know. Slim waist, broad chest, deep voice, tall, dark, and handsome. Yeah, that's a vain man. He spends about eight hours in the gym every day. He doesn't work. That is what you're about to get. <laughs> you want V. You get Y. <laughs> Hallelujah. You want V? Do you think V comes like that? V is made in the gym. Eight hours, ten hours in the gym. What time has he got to go to work? And they eat a lot. <laughs> so, you are always cooking. <laughs> you go to work, bring the food home, and the person eats, and they go to gym and come and sit down. Number two. <laughs> Wait for God's perfect will. In Isaiah 40, 31, it says that those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. If you wait on the Lord, your strength will be renewed. You mount up with wings as eagles, and they shall run and not get weary. Amen. Most of us do not consider waiting as fun. Waiting can be very boring. Waiting can be difficult. Amen. But wait. You know, there's something I've noticed. Anytime you, you want something from God, the first thing he gives you is a substitute. Instead of the real. The real always comes after the substitute. I have a, a message I preach called substitute. How many know that there's an Esau before there's a Jacob? How many know there's an Ishmael before an Isaac? The man was looking for Isaac. But Ishmael came before. The substitute always comes before. And there's a Leah before there's a Rachel. Or you don't understand what I'm saying. Yeah. So sometimes, if you're in a hurry, you pick Ishmael. If you're in a hurry, you may end up with Leah. If you're in a hurry, you may end up with Esau. So take your time. First man that comes, or the first woman that comes is not the one you just jumped because they, they, they came first. Amen. Sometimes it pays to wait. It pays to wait. I remember at a point I was under so much pressure at, in church to get married. Because all my friends were getting married. All my friends, and I, I mean like I was one of the eligible bachelors in the church. I was a choir director of about 40 ladies. 40 ladies and, and they're all not married. Half of them were not married. And young men in the church. And I had a two-bedroom flat. I had My car was a car they used for wedding. My car was a nice car. I'd finished university. I started working. So it's like, what else are you waiting for? Sometimes my pastor will call me and put me in front of the stage like this as he's preaching. Have you seen this guy? He's standing in the whole church. I will be laughing. He has, he's, he has a nice house. He has a nice car. He's, he's, he's not married. Anybody wants to get married to him, come and see me. Pressure. Pressure. If I had followed the pressure, I would have married the wrong person. And almost all those type of people were trying and they're trying to connect me with up to today. If I'd married them, I wouldn't have had a ministry. Almost all of them. Yeah. Sometimes it pays to be patient. Am I talking to somebody? Wait. 
They that wait upon God. It's not easy to wait. Jesus waited for 30 years to start his ministry. His ministry lasted only three and a half years, but he was so effective because of his waiting. Am I talking to somebody? Number three, invest in your spiritual growth. Invest in your spiritual growth. It takes a certain spirituality to be the high priest of a home. How many know that when you marry, you become the high priest of your home? Hello? Yeah. You become the high priest of your home. I didn't say a man. I said, when you marry, you become the high priest. So if your husband is not spiritually, and you become the high priest. So you have to develop yourself. Don't marry somebody, he's not spiritual. If you are not spiritual, you're all there. <laughs> Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? 2 Peter 3, 18. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and forever. Amen. Grow in grace and knowledge. Grow in the power of God. Grow. You know, if you are somebody who is in the church like this, be going deeper. Don't just be a Sunday Christian. Start going to church on Wednesday. Start, you know, join a, a chapel. Become spiritual. Go into, learn. Ask, you know, go to the, any of the pastors. Pastor, I want you to teach me spiritual things. I want you to mentor me spiritually. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yeah. Because you need to grow. Because if you are going to get married, one day you'll be the spiritual head of that home. If, how many know that every home comes under spiritual attack? And it's a high priest that has to stand and fight. So if you are not spiritually sound, how do you fight? So dig deeper into God's word. Become somebody that reads the Bible every day. You have your quiet time. You pray every day. Learn to pray. And there was a, a man of God. <laughs> I was listening to this guy. He said that he was a pastor's son. And he was, so he had, already, he had started preaching anyway. And he was going to get married. Then when this lady that he wanted to marry, he started having a conversation with the, the lady. And then he wanted to test the, the lady's spiritual firepower. So he asked the lady, so how often do you pray? And the lady said, oh, as for me, I pray every day. In the morning, as soon as I wake up, I pray one hour in tongues before I do my quiet time. The guy said, <laughs> immediately he swallowed saliva because even though he's a pastor, he doesn't even pray for 10 minutes in the morning. He realized that, hey, I am going to marry a spiritually heavier weight than me. He said, uh, no, do you mean that you pray one hour? He said, no, no, that, that one hour is not part of my prayer. That is just me praying in tongues because I love to pray in tongues for one hour before I start my prayers and my quiet time. <laughs> Immediately, I realized that, hey, I either double up my spiritual muscle power or I leave this girl alone. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah, so dig deep into the word of God. Spend more time in prayer. Amen. Spend more time in prayer. Am I talking to somebody? Spend more time in prayer. Read a lot of Christian books. Yeah, read a lot of books. There are a lot of books on marriage. There are a lot of good books on how to be a wife, how to be a husband, how to be a father. Don't assume that you know because you have given birth. <laughs> how many know what I'm talking about? Because for most of us, our example of fatherhood is not a good example. The example of fatherhood is your father. And look at the bad job he did on you. <laughs> he didn't get what I said. The best example of who a mother is our mother. And she did a bad job. So don't assume that you know how to be a mother. Am I talking to somebody? So learn. Bible says, is it 1 Timothy 2.15? Study to show yourself. 2 Timothy 
2.15, study to show yourself approved. A workman that needed not be ashamed by rightly dividing the word of truth. Hallelujah. Study to show yourself. So learn how to study to become the best you can become as a husband and as a wife. Nobody comes with a manual of husband. Nobody comes with a, 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 a good wife manual. So you've got to learn. Amen. So invest. Listen to good sermons by good preachers on, on the subject matter. Participate in Bible studies either online or in your local church. Meet with other like-minded Christians regularly for prayer time and fellowship. Amen. Because iron sharpens iron, so a man the countenance of his brother. Amen. So spiritual foundation that you lay now will hold your marriage in good stead even after many years. Hallelujah. Number four, practice serving with love. You know, one of the best ways you can know the right person to marry is how they work in the house of God. Remember when the servant of Abraham went to look for a wife for the master's son. What he said was that, Lord, when I meet the woman and I ask the woman to give me drink, the woman that will not only give me drink but will give my camel's drink. Because how many know that a camel's drink at least five Five, uh, what do you call it? Gallons at a go. When a camel is drinking, they drink, well, after they've traveled a long distance, they want five gallons. Each gallon has four and a half liters. So one gallon is what? Four and a half liters times five. So that gives you an idea of how many, and if, let, let's say, um, the pitcher, what they use is, is half a gallon. It means they have to go to the well and come back how many times to just give one camel. If the person has 10 camels, can you imagine how much hard work will have to be done just to give water to the man and the camels? Am I talking to somebody? Yeah. yeah. A man who works hard in church will work hard for you. A woman who works hard in church work hard in the at home in the marriage. You know those who are lazy at in church, they'll be lazy at home. Hallelujah. Yeah. Don't be don't be besotted by these flashy type looking guys. Because this this young man that you see, when you dress him up and <laughs> he can look good. You see, me, when, before I got married, I only had two suits. Oh. My suits were two. There was one green and one blue. <laughs> you have the pictures. Yeah. My suits were only two one green and one blue. So when you see me every time in church, I'm either in the green one. Or I'm in the blue one. So I'm either in the green one with blue shirt. Or in the blue one with white shirt. Or in the blue one with the blue shirt. Or the green one with the uh, white shirt. I think that if my wife had really looked at my type of dressing, I don't think she would have really... And I had a lot of waistcoats, you know, the colored waistcoats. <laughs> Don't laugh at me. <laughs> so when I put my, my green suit, when I get to church, I take the jacket off, then I have my waistcoat on. There, guy. <laughs> yeah. There are some people that I know, no, they won't marry this guy because this guy, dear, ah. 
And then you see me, I'll be carrying these type of heavy boxes. That is the work I used to do in church. You know, I'll be carrying, I carry, I come and set up, you know, like this thing. We used to use a, 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 a basketball court. And I was the arranger and the packer. So I come and set this thing. You see me carrying like two of them. Big. It's not this type of slick. Those times we used jumbo, you know, the jumbo speakers, the big ones. This was uh, 20, 24 years ago. Carry them in my back, on my back like this. I'll be sweating winter. Sweating, come and put it down, then go sweat. Who wants to marry this type of person? Come and put down all these uh, drums. I'll spring them from the, the, the van. Come and pack them, set them up. Keyboards, everything, set everything up before the church members come. And when they've come and uh, after the service, you see the guys will be talking to the ladies. You know what they do after church. Then I'll be busy. Moving my speakers and my my cables. Nobody wants this guy. <laughs> Sweating with two either blue or <laughs> and I'd worn the coat so much that the coat had become. <laughs> Are you okay with me saying some of these things? <laughs> <laughs> I think you should come and preach this more than I. Next, next week you are preaching so that I'll sit down. Hallelujah. Because she can tell the stories better. Somebody said to her, ah, so was that, is this the best you can do? The person looked at me and told my wife that, is this the best you can do? And you didn't get any best, any better guy in the church than this. This parking man. <laughs> Hallelujah. So it's not just the flashy things you should be looking out for. Look at the person's heart. Look at the person's intent. Look, the guy doesn't joke with God. That's the type of person you want. The person is a hard worker. That's the type of person you want. He may not look the best. He may not dress well. He may not talk well. But... Take him. Polish him a little bit. I think my wife has done a good job polishing me small. Or what do you think? <laughs> Hallelujah. All right. Let's finish. What number are we on? Number five. Persevere in prayer. Persevere in prayer. Amen. Persevere in prayer. You see, prayer provides a spiritual foundation for your marriage and serves as a binding agent as you grow. Hallelujah. Persevere in prayer. Prayer brings you together. The more you pray, the more you look like God. Prayer is a conversation. As you converse with God, God gives you certain things. And as you go with those things, it works. Remember when uh, this... Uh, servant of, of um, Abraham went, the first thing he did was to pray before he made a choice. Be a prayerful person. Colossians chapter 4 verse 2, continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Pray. Pray. Amen. I say pray. If you're a single man, learn to pray. Now, somebody, my pastor told me once that before you make any plan of marrying anybody, go and pray. My pastor sentenced me to six months of prayer, three hours every day, before I, I make, made a choice who to marry. Three hours every day for six months. Because those times, the girls, it, my problem was not the, the choice of girl. Because I could choose any of the girls. You know that story I was saying that they'll bring their clothes and come and change. It was me. I was talking about me. They bring it to my flat. One day my pastor came to my house, saw these ladies because it was like a competition. They they didn't know that they were competing, but they were competing. Bring this one. And my pastor said, Whose clothes are these? Which one? They said, Oh, this is sister, this is that, that, this is that. What are they doing here? And my pastor said, they are moving, you know. You can't see. <laughs> hey, my pastor told me I carried all the clothes. It was a Saturday rehearsal. I had rubber bags. 
So when I got there, then I gave you your, here's your own, here's your own. Don't come to my house again. <laughs> that was when, hey, so you two were there. So you two, hey, so. So the day they saw that I had picked this lady. I think when she preaching, she would tell you her story. <laughs> Hallelujah. So let us pray. Amen. Prayer is not simply a religious act of talking to God. It continues, it's a continuous uh, two-way conversation, ongoing intimate dialogue between the Almighty Father and His precious son or precious daughter. Hallelujah. So pray before you make a choice. Don't make a choice because you are seen. Make a spiritual choice. Stand